What up, world? Fast first point guard, host of Locked On Blazers. You're listening to Locked On Blazers, Locked On Clippers, special crossover edition here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making both of these shows your first to listen. I'm joined by host of Locked On Clippers. Seen him at Dime Dropper Pod on Twitter and also the Dime Dropper Pod channel on YouTube. Darian Vaziri. Darian, how you doing? Very excited. Very excited to be here. First time collabing with you. So it's always nice to add Locked On Hosts to the collaboration resume. Yeah, and 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 the season is here, dude. They're going to play real basketball games that count. Um, I don't know about you, but I've been itching for meaningful basketball games uh, for closing in on two years. So I might not get that anytime soon, but at least these count in the standings. That's right. Yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be fun. Opening night, I'm going to be there, by the way. So nice. I'm very excited to see the new look Blazers. Yeah, and the sort of similar look Clippers, right? Like, what is what is going to be other? Th- okay, here, here's what I know from some sort of the outside. Here's what's going to be different about the Clippers. They're going to play Marcus Morris less, and they're going to pretend that they tr- they care. They're going to care for the first eighty games. Um, is what else do I, what else do I need to know? Russell Westbrook for a full training camp. Uh, right. Russ is definitely a big culture guy vibes guy it seems like he's really uplifted the spirit of everybody in the locker room like every media member or player that speaks about him has glowing reviews of who he is as a person and what kind of teammate he's been and and fulfilled a void that we really kind of needed because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George they're kind of lead by example leaders they're not necessarily vocal leaders and I feel like when you look at championship teams across history you always have at least one guy that's very vocal. And Russ, he is a galvanizer. He is a guy that, you know, uplifts other guys' confidence. So having him for a full training camp and then having a backup center, former Portland Trailblazer Mason Plumley, for the duration of the season, last season we actually had either no backup center to start the season or Moses Brown, who I know you're starting to become Blazer familiar. legend, yeah. Yeah, so we didn't really have options there. Mason Plumley now gives us that backup option. And then having Bones Highland from the start of the season as well gives us an element of pace and youth. Terrence Mann starting has made every Clipper fan ecstatic because he's just a great guy to fit in with other star players. Uh, and then having KJ Martin added to the team, a, a little explosion of vertical spacing and bounce and athleticism that we didn't have. So by all accounts, the Clippers are going to try to want to play faster this season because we've been a very slow team in this Kawhi, Paul, George era. But I know that sounds like a lot. I'm probably making it sound like more changes than it really is. Nothing compared to your Blazers. Well, I I do think um, if the Clippers last year, the Clippers pretended like they were a seven time champion and they could coat and they just had to get, they just had to get themselves to the playoffs. Maybe they just said they just had to get themselves to the playoffs because they were so darn good. Right. Um, I don't think they could do that this year. So in some ways I think there's some, there's some benefits to last year because it's like, Oh, uh, the first 70 of these things definitely matter. Like, uh, we, they at least got to get to the last like two weeks of the season. The West is too good to coast. So I think there's some value there. Um, I, I was smiling when you said that they're going to play fast. Every team wants to play fast, baby. Every team in the, in the, um, summertime wants to play fast or the fall wants to play fast. I'll believe a Kawhi Leonard team, uh, runs when I see it, but I, I wonder, and, and then we can talk about the Blazers after this. It seems like it seems like the Clippers had too many players last year. Like they had sort of the curse of depth. Do you think they've sorted that out a little bit? A little bit. There are still 11 players that have a good case to play, but 
I'm thinking that that 11th guy, and, and granted, there will be injuries. There will be Paul George and Kawhi missing games here and there. So those 11 guys, I think they'll all still get to play here and there. And who I think the 11th guy is, a great Portland Trailblazer, Nicholas Batum. Nico has kind of expressed the desire to play less minutes, be more of a reserve. So I think if there's any player that'd be willing to be that 11th guy, you play anytime someone's out or we really need you and accept that role, Nicholas Batum would be that guy because he's already hinted at this potentially being his final season. He does the Olympics at home in Paris, and then he's out with his professional career. And that would be a pretty fitting ending for him. So I think we really have sorted it much more than last season. We had a guy like John Wall last year who was really trying to prove that he was still John Wall. Right. Russell Westbrook, he needs, he just wants to prove that he can contribute to a winning organization. And now we've given him the power you to be knowing he's the starting point guard. You are the guy that's going to have the ball in his hands and finding Kawhi and Paul George who wanted less on ball responsibility. So that's great. That's why I'm also not pro James Harden is because I was going to ask yeah. what happens if they shake this right. whole thing up. I don't know where Russ fits into the equation there. People that want James Harden have said, go to the bench from everything I've heard. And even the beat writers are saying it. That is not an option. He's not going to go back to the bench when we basically pulled him out of the lowest point of his NBA career and put him back in the starting lineup. So I do think to answer your question, we have sorted out the depth thing better than last season for sure. And I think it's going to be fun to see these guys play and it's cohesive. Now we know the roles more defined at the start of the season. Yeah. I, I worry that they're going to figure it out. And then like Thanksgiving, they're going to trade for James Harden. And it's going to be like, this is a bad idea. And they're still going to just push forward. The problem it's like um, one of the challenges of the modern NBA is that like, if PG and Kawhi want this to happen, all it needs is a little bit of momentum downhill and it's going to happen. Um, even if it's like so obviously a bad idea. Um, James Harden is really good though. It just, I don't, I can't figure out why he would be helpful to the Clippers. I, I didn't ever watch them last year. and was like, boy, if they only just had another dude who would dribble and not play defense. Um, but, yeah. Another dude. That, I mean, it's not like we struggle to create good shots. No, they it's like the thing that James Harden doesn't maybe do is like set that sort of intense tone. And that's what the Clippers need. They need someone to set like an intensity tone. So they play really hard because they're extremely talented. Um, but you know, whatever they're going to trade for James Harden. It'll be fun. At least you have something to talk about on this show. Um, let's, let's talk trailblazers. You mentioned about some questions about their, 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 um, whole new look. Let's, let's talk about that in the second segment. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. Listen, it's the not only the easiest, but one of the most exciting ways to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks who are all hustling every other DFS platform they can, at Prize Picks, you just pick more or less than the statistical lines set by Prize Picks. You pick a, a ballot between two and six players. They set the lines. You pick more than that number. You pick less than that number and you'll win your money. So if you're playing the NBA this season, it's things like points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Price pick sets the line and you make the predictions. And when you win, you get your money quickly. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars that's prizepicks.com slash locked on nba and the promo code is locked on nba prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy 
All right. You're still listening to a crossover edition of Locked On Blazers and Locked On Clippers. I'm Mike Richmond with here with Darian Vaziri of Locked On Clippers. Uh, whatever show you're listening to, make it your first listen every single day. This is a special crossover episode in both feeds. A whole bunch of fun. Darian, I'm sure you're curious about the baby Blazers. What do you got for me? Well, I think on paper, your starting lineup is pretty exciting, pretty interesting. Good player at every position. Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, Shadon Sharp, Jeremy Grant, and Aiton. Obviously, this seems like a rebuilding process for the Blazers. They have clearly, you know, they've traded Damian Lillard. They finally have done it. And now it's going to take some time to get back to a level where you're really contending for things. But what makes the Blazers interesting to me is, one, Scoot Henderson, who, I mean, everybody for months thought he was going to be the second overall pick, slips to three. And then you have DeAndre Ayton, who, in a similar way of Westbrook, how he goes to a new organization and seems like his vibe has totally changed. I saw the videos that the Blazers social media team were posting, and this guy looked like he had just been drafted. So it was very clear when you read someone's body language that Ayton felt like he didn't want to be this fourth option kind of thing anymore he wanted to be a guy who got the ball who was looking looked to as a go-to guy so I'm really excited to see how he takes that challenge because now he really has nowhere to hide the team might not be very good but I would like to see DeAndre Ayton have the best scene of his career statistically and just performance wise but yeah it's a fun team I mean I'm questioning I'm willing to or should I say curious to ask what you think the team's going to be as somebody who knows them much better than I could uh, I mean, I think they're probably going to be, if not the worst team in the West, right there at the bottom. Like, I mean, it just there's a lot of things working against them. It, one, it's a talent league, a talent league. That's just kind of the nature of it. It's sort of always been that way. I think we're yeah. maybe more attuned to it now. But it's a talent league, and the Blazers do not have really high level top end talent. Every time is really good. Um, Jeremy Grant is a solid third-ish option second is third-ish he even option gonna be, is he even gonna be on the team in january like are they gonna go a different direction because clipper fans really want jeremy grant like more than harden in terms of fit we'd really oh, like he'd be a great fit yeah um oh yeah also like former blazer wings it's a great place for them to end up right it's where it's where they all end up Robert with norm and, Ro- norm and roco and, and nico um yeah I well, I did a bold prediction show uh, for yesterday's show, and I did predict that Jeremy Grant won't be traded. That was one of my bold predictions. But that, I'm just that's just a guess. Um, yeah, I think he'll. I think he'll. He'll certainly have some interest. Um, if the Clippers had real draft picks, I'd be excited to talk about a, a show uh, with you. But um, they're not certainly not going to trade Terrence Mann, and I'm KJ Martin and a 2030 draft pick ain't exactly my cup of tea. But I do like KJ Martin. Um, yeah, I, I just think they're I just think they're the lack of top end talent and the and the depth. Like the depth is a big issue. They don't yeah. have well you is know, Brogdon sticking around. What's his situation? Right. So so the idea when they got Brogdon and Adrian Wojnarowski, who's been on it for the Blazers, basically just like he's been the guy for him in terms of a front office perspective. He's had it dialed all summer. He was like, Yeah, they're gonna trade Malcolm Brogdon. And then he shows up and he's like, no, they don't need to trade me. I'm so happy to be here. He's just, he's saying all the right things. He's kind of like being that guy, but also he's like six man of the year. He's 30 years old. Like I'm sure he can feel his NBA mortality and, and was like left Indiana to go play for a really good team. And now he's on a team that's like, you know, if things like break right for the Blazers, they're going to finish like 11th in the West, right? Like if they really, if it really works out for them, they're like the 11th best team in the West. Right. I don't think Malcolm Brogdon wants that. 
Um, so I think eventually he'll go. So I think like Malcolm Brogdon is potentially gone. Jeremy Grant is potentially gone. Rob Williams, who's a really nice addition off the bench. Like he, he's a really good player. If he's healthy, he's defensive player of the year candidate. He's like really a useful part on a really good team. Um, is he part of the Blazers future or is he like trade bait to be, because they're, you know, really, really gonna, um, you know, be bad in the trough for two full seasons. It's that, that's the question. I think a lot of what this Blazers season is, is like data collection, right? Are, are they close or is, is Shane Sharp at 20? Not quite there, right? Is Scoot Henderson looks good, but he's 19 and the NBA is a league for adults. And he's, you know, when he's 22, he'll be really good, but that's three seasons from now. Um, so I think it's all about data collection, right? Like, I don't think they're going to be competitive. I think they're doing the right thing by giving, you know, Shane Sharp's going to start and they're going to give him the ball. He's going to play 32 minutes a night. That's the right thing to do, right? Like that's the correct way to approach this organizationally. Um, it's way better to grow with young players and be bad than to do what they did in the past seasons, which is yank veterans out of the lineup and play 10 day guys. Like I, it is just a much more palatable experience from a, a fan perspective to say, here's our young players. Shane Sharp might stink, but he's part of the future. Uh, Scoot might stink this year, but he's part of the future. Like we think these guys are going to be really good and we want them to get like real minutes to be good. Um, you mentioned something about Deandre Aiden. How, when Russ came to the Clippers, how quickly did you kind of realize, cause he was, I think he was pretty darn good actually as, as a Clipper. Like how quickly did you realize that sort of the emotional baggage that he had had was like gone and that was going to allow him to play better? Like what were the signs for you as a, a, watching, watching them that you knew Russ was kind of like free? First game, to be honest, because I was at the first game, we were playing Sacramento and just the energy in the building was just different. And he had it was the second highest scoring game in NBA history that night. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I remember that game. So, yeah, it was nuts. And he got fouled out to a standing ovation. So it was just a, a complete one eighty because it, as a player, you're gonna ride that that high. So right, that was just a good an ideal situation for him. But in Russ's case, he's with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Aiton, you know, he's gonna be playing in probably he's gonna be losing a lot this season. So I still <laughs> yes. think he can have that leap, but. It, it's interesting to see how they'll cope with losing it. And plus DeAndre Aiden has been on a, actually, no, the first season he played, he was on a team that wasn't very good. Right. And then he had the second, was it the second season where he had the whole steroid thing? Or was that the first? Yes. Year two, he missed yeah. the first 30 games because of steroids. And they almost um, made the playoffs. That was the one that, that, that was the bubble season where Booker went crazy. Right. That's the 2019, 2020 season. So that's the bubble season where, where they kind of, solidified themselves in the bubble. I was like, oh, this team's going to be pretty good. Yeah. And Chris Paul decided to join up. He was like, ooh, I want to I want to move to the desert. So now he's experienced winning, though, for the last three years, like really consistent winning. So I'm interested to see how he's going to deal with it. But I think he's going to be ecstatic to be in Portland. I mean, most players that play for the Blazers seem to love it. You guys have really good fans. And I think that Aiton is going to love being the go-to guy. He's going to love the touches because he's not at the point of the, his career, in my opinion, where he's like, craving a championship he just wants to show people that i'm not he wants to beat the soft allegations he wants to beat right. the i'm not a star allegations he wants to prove that he's worth his number one pick status and i think you guys are actually getting him at a good time yeah i i think there is something to him just like wanting to spread his wings right like um you know he he 
the the whole even just like signing the contract with the Clippers was or with the with the Suns was a mess, right? It took till the middle of July because everyone knew they were going to match whatever he got, and no team wanted to like tie up a max contract in DeAndre Ayton. So he goes and finds a max contract from the Pacers, and the Suns match like they I think they had a forty eight hour window, and the Suns matched in like thirty five minutes or the yeah yeah the Suns were like nope you're coming back you're under you're like still under house arrest buddy. Um, so like he's been itching for this. And even when he showed up at media day, he said he th- he was said, I thank the Suns for granting my, or like respecting my wishes and and then all these things like he wanted this. And I think, you know, it's not the same as as, as you mentioned, like Russ is coming to a team that um, maybe foolishly, but they they think they could win a title and they certainly have the talent. They're talented enough to win a title. Do I think they can? No, I don't. Clippers fans. No, I don't think they can win a title. I'm a hater, but like t- certainly to have enough talent. That's different than DeAndre Ayton's situation. Like you said, it's like, but, but it has a similar vibe in that it's like, listen, I've got this identity. I got this rap. I have this, this sort of, this is what people think I am. What an opportunity to prove that I'm not that. Um, Okay, I mentioned expectations right there. I want to ask you about your Clipper expectations because uh, from from what I've watched of your show, I believe they've changed pretty radically. Let's talk about that in the third segment to close the show, and I'll share some of my Blazer expectations as well. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listen to a Locked On Blazers, Locked On Clippers crossover here with Darian Vaziri of Locked On Clippers. Okay, last season, I think the Clippers had some of the shortest title odds in the league. And I believe there was a new host on the Locked On Podcast Network, host of Locked On Clippers, who was very excited. Some of the highest expectations perhaps ever for a Clipper team. You don't seem to have those anymore, my man. I've listened to the show. What, what's changed? Why, why is it so different? Simply because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can't prove they can stay healthy for an extended period of time. Kawhi Leonard didn't play 10 consecutive games last year. I mean, obviously has that partially is because of the load management, like missing one game of a back-to-back, which we thought we were getting him on those conditions that we knew that he was going to miss one game of a back-to-back because he did it in Toronto and won the championship that way. Look, I can sit here all day and talk about my issues with that, but what I know, Kawhi has a degenerative knee. We realized what we were getting when we got him with that particular thing. It's those other games where they you think that they may there may not be an injury and they don't play that you're like come on we need this game like I'm not necessarily blaming them but then there's the Clipper medical staff conversation are they you know on the side of caution only for them to get hurt eventually like it just feels like the fans are getting screwed more than anything with this experience of having Kawhi and Paul George besides the one year where we broke the second round curse made the conference finals it's been a drag. But you know what? I'll give you one good year, the year that Kawhi didn't play one game because we had no expectations. And Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard found a way to win 42 games. Right. And by the way, I wanted to ask about Brogdon. Is he so is he going to play on opening night? Yeah, he's totally clear. It seems like what happened with the Clippers trade was that um, Chris Porzingis had like a midnight deadline to enter free agency. And he was like, I'm going to enter free agency and then you won't be able to trade for me. So. And the Clippers are like, well, we're going to meet with Brogdon the following day to like get his medicals. And Chris Epps was like, nah, you're not because I'm going I'm you need to make a decision immediately. So the Boston so the Celtics had to like pivot and then trade Marcus Smart. So I I think like certainly he was like, you know, he had a torn tendon in his forearm like he was not he was not healthy. But I think. Um, it it wasn't that he specifically failed the medicals with the Clippers. It's that they just didn't have time to like fully look at them. I think is the is the current reporting. 
you can choose your own adventure on what you want to believe on that one. But yeah, he's going to play. He's going to come off the bench and play. It's going to be um, it's a pretty Scoop. good seven man rotation. Yeah, I would say the Blazers' top eight is at least fun. Like, Scoot and Matisse Thibel is going to start at the three. Uh, Jeremy Grant and Aiden. And then Rob Williams, Brogdon, and Shaden Sharp. That's like that's a fun top eight. It's a pretty fun top eight. Um, they, they don't have the 11 NBA players problem for sure. But I think they, like, two of those guys are 19 and 20. So it's going to be tough. But, like, yeah, they have some, like, useful vets in, that, in, their, in the front half of the rotation. I don't think the Blazers are going to be, like, god-awful. I mean, I think the record's going to be bad, but I think they're going to be competitive. I just think the West right. is really, really good, right? Like, yeah. I'm curious about that. Where do you see in, in the crowded West? I think like the consensus is that Denver and Phoenix are at the top. Um, the other uh, Staples Center tenant is, is often picked in that third spot. But where do you see the Clippers stacking up in a crowded West? Crazy with the Clippers because they could be anywhere between two to 10 because of the yeah. injuries to Kawhi and Paul. But in the last 12 years, the Lakers have only finished above the Clippers one time. So as much as everybody's higher on the Lakers because of some of the additions they've made and because they just made the conference finals, the regular season health has not been that much better than the Clippers. When like in seasons, uh, that one season that Kawhi tore his ACL and didn't play a game, you kind of have to discount that. He tore his ACL. It is what it is. But in the season that he's active, he plays around the same as LeBron and AD in terms of games. So oh, regular yeah. season-wise, I think that we're not too far away from them, but it just seems like that conference finals run has given them that benefit of the doubt. As far as regular season, my expectation, like my prediction was fifth seed, but that's coming with, I don't think Kawhi and Paul can stay healthy enough. If we get 60-plus games from Kawhi and Paul George and Ty Lue and everyone backs up the whole seriousness thing, we can we should be a top <laughs> three. We should be a top three seed, honestly. We should be. Yeah. I think be I think they're talented enough to be there for sure. Yeah. We yeah. also have four former Blazers, which I think is funny. Nico Batum, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, and Mason Plumley. Yeah. The the number of just like random Blazers role players hanging around the West and now in Phoenix with Nurk and Drew Eubanks and Nazir Little, like you could field a pretty good NBA bench with a bunch of dudes who used to start for the Blazers over the last decade. Um <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's uh it's for sure a possibility. Okay. I, I, you, I know you mentioned this. I'm, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on it since you're going to be in the building. Scoot Anderson has said he that Russell Westbrook is like one of his NBA heroes, a guy he's looked up to. Um, how much do you? How much of Russ do you see in Scoot's game? And and uh, and and kind of what do you think about that matchup in general? Well, I'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I've watched Scoot Henderson play a full game, just the summer league games. I've watched wait you and, were watching the G League ignite like you were just pouring over the G League ignite games do you have uh, what do you have other interests in the world <laughs> yeah unfortunately not but scoot Hen I mean I've seen I've seen the highlights and I can see where the rust comparisons come in super sure. strong football player like looking guard that can you know jump out of the gym jump shot is being questioned very similar to how Westbrook was but I think it's gonna be a very interesting matchup I do see some some of that Russell Westbrook nuclear athleticism but I'm just excited to watch him play. And I also think you might think, and Blazers fans are definitely not expecting a win here. Clipper fans are all expecting a win here. Yeah. I think this is going to be a tricky game because as you said, that first seven man rotation for the Blazers is pretty good. Those are all good players. One of the things the Clippers struggled with last year is young and athletic teams that can kind of get up and down. And the Blazers, they have some of that, especially with Scoot Henderson. So I'm interested interested to see with the Clippers being a little more youthful this year, wanting to 
when I say that they want to play fast, I don't mean we're going to be a run and gun team by any means, but I just mean not be so, so slow, like 28th, 27th in the league in pace, because now we have Westbrook, Bones, Highland, Terrence, man, getting more minutes and KJ Martin. These are guys, and even Mason Plumlee, these yeah, are guys who are go, down yeah. to play up and down. So our personnel is actually a little bit better to play up and down, but I think that may favor you guys in some way. I think the dangerous part about this game for the Clippers in a trap game is that it's opening night. Scoot Henderson's first NBA game. This is a huge moment for him in his personal life. In LA, I know it's not a nationally televised game, but this is Los Angeles. This is the Staples Center. There are going to be people out there, and I think he is going to want to put on a show. And then the main way I think you could beat the Clippers is Aiden's first game as a, as a Blazer. Yeah. He has 40 points and makes a statement to everyone that like he is here. Because I will say this one thing. If it's a Zubats, is a very good player. but DeAndre Ayton was the player of the series in the conference finals that we lost to the, the Suns. Like he was great. He, yeah, he was great. He killed, he killed us on the glass. And when he's confident, when he's being empowered, the guy's a really skilled player. He's got a great mid-range. He's got great an touch, actual yeah. po- great actual post game, can turn over either shoulder, jump hook. So he that's the avenue where I think Portland could win. Is you know, you get a little Malcolm Brogdon controlling the game, Scoot Henderson goes makes this makes a statement but Aiton is the key i think to winning this game but overall clippers got to win the game i got the clippers winning yeah take that frankie munez take that billy crystal clipper daryl frankie munez in so long <laughs> yeah i don't think frankie goes to clippers games anymore i'm gonna have to update my uh my clippers fan jokes what about billy crystal he's still in the gym yeah i don't see him as much regularly but i know he's still at games here and there clipper right. daryl that's another story for another day uh, he's nowhere near the presence that he once was in the early 2010s and, and 2000s. Um, that's where Dime Dropper has to come in. Yeah, listen, I hope you have your red and blue suit and you're ready to ride and you're... Uh... <laughs> Never. Okay, well, at, at least consider it. Okay, Never is maybe a little strong. At least consider it. I think it could be I think it'd be a whole bunch of fun. Yeah, I, I'm with you on Aiden. Like, um, Zoo is, I really like Zubac. Like, I, I think he's like legitimately one of the most underrated players in the league. He's just solid as hell. Yeah. Um, and they needed him to play like more than he was capable of last year. They needed like 40 right. minutes of Zoo every night. Um, and they need him to be good and not foul out and like blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think having Mason there, he's a really good backup center. I think that'll help. Um, I'm curious to, who gets the sort of star treatment. Like, and and how much do they deploy kind of like Kawhi go swallow up the game type of defense? Because um, I feel like you see less of that during the regular season where Kawhi's just you like think Kawhi guards best player type thing. Yeah, it's oh, pretty rare, I, right? I'll tell you what we're gonna do. I think the Clippers are gonna switch one through four. But what I think sure. we're gonna do is Kawhi's gonna guard Jeremy Grant to start the game. Yeah. PG on Sharp, Scoot and Russ are gonna match up, and then we're gonna have Terrence guarding Simons. Because as of now, I would say. If you had to choose a candidate to take the most shots for you guys, would you choose Simons probably? Yeah. Well, JG might hijack some possessions, but it'll be him and it'll be him or Jeremy. But I think it'll be Ant if I had to guess because he gets to dribble more. Right. So that's why Terrence will be on on Anthony. Uh, if it's Anthony Simons. If it's if it's Matisse at three, do they do they um, maybe put Kawhi on on Thibault so he can roam a little Rome. bit? Do they ever do stuff like that? Is, is Tyler going to start or just saying when he's yeah, in the game? He's going to start at the three. Yeah. Oh, and who's coming off the bench? Shaden Sharp, your boy. They're going to, he's going to, he's going to be a seventh man, sixth, seventh man. Oh, okay. I thought he was starting. The ESPN depth chart has him starting. And I figured just because, you know, lottery pick, 
Okay, then absolutely, I think we're gonna put Kawhi Leonard on uh, on, on Tybal. Yeah, but you know, well, I'm tempted to say that maybe Westbrook because he's not a terrible. Uh, actually, no, off ball he's not as good, but. There are some things Westbrook does off the ball in terms of just his athleticism and like rebounding where sagging off. It's not a bad thing. Ty Lu could get like make a statement and say, you know, Paul George, go guard Anthony Simons. Let's show right. we're serious. You know what I'm saying? I doubt Kawhi guards Simons but, and, or yeah. Coot Henderson. So, yeah, Kawhi is likely going to roam, but I wouldn't be surprised if they threw Russ as a roamer and then Paul George guarding. Um, guarding Scoot? Guarding Anthony Simons. Actually, yeah, no, okay. yes. Yes, yeah, Scoot. Yeah. It's it's that makes it a lot more interesting that Matisse Tybel is going to start. They clip yeah, him it, definitely it, to shoot, no doubt. Yeah, it, it, he shot pretty well with the Blazers last year, over 38% on like almost four attempts a game. But okay. like there's so much data on Thibel that he can't shoot, and they don't guard him like a shooter. So like it's it's one of those funny things like 38% is just a true fact in the box score. It's a true fact on basketball reference. And then you watch them play the games and they don't give a heck mm. about 38% from three. Nobody treats him like a 38% three point shooter. Um, you earn it in the league. Like you earn it with your reputation in the league. It's, it's one of the, like the fun chess pieces. Maybe Thibel keeps shooting above league average from three and you have to guard him like that. But, but um, during his blazer career, it was very brief, 25 games. He was making shots and people were like, cool we bet you can't keep doing it. And they guard him that way. That's why I think um, they won't close with Thibel on the floor. They'll close with sharp because I think they want to have plus mm. offensive players. But if you close with sharp, that means like Shaden sharp guards, Paul George at the end of a game. Yeah. Best, right. Best of luck. <laughs> best of luck to that. Now that I'm thinking about it more, I don't think Kawhi Leonard uh, would be the roamer of Jeremy Grantson. I think Kawhi Leonard is going to be asked to guard Grant much quicker than Paul George would be asked to do it. Sure. Paul George has sure. expressed that he doesn't want to, you know, he said, I'm done bulking up. Uh, I'm more focused on being quicker, faster. So he doesn't want to play up as much. I think Kawhi Leonard is more willing to play up. And given his size and, and how good of a rebounder he, he is, I think that makes more sense anyway. Yeah. Kawhi just a yeah. more muscular, like, just yeah. So it's, I think he'll be I can't believe we're there. like 10 years removed from when Paul George was supposed to play power forward for the Pacers. That is, it's amazing that that's where that's 10 years ago now. And now he's like a two. What? Now he's like a very big shooting guard with David West. He was playing power forward. It was the year that it was the year that they were going to go a little bit bigger and play less Roy Hibbert. They were, mm. uh, I think it was the last year of LeBron. Uh, it was maybe the LeBron. It was the Le the LeBron championship year the, in against the against the Spurs that season. That Paul George was going to bulk up to play the four because Danny Granger was gone, and they wanted to be they oh. wanted to be more they wanted to be smaller because they had to match up with Battier and Bosch and stuff like that. And PG was um, into it for whatever twenty games to start the year, and then it was like this sucks actually. Well, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because part of the reason why that series went so far is because Hibbert was a problem for the Heat. Right. Right. Yeah. Some good he, teams, Indiana. Roy Hibbert kind of aged out of uh, the NBA right before our eyes. So one of the weird, uh, in real time, we watched the league and the strategy of the league pass him by. Uh, but now Vogel's back and he's going to freaking turn uh, Yusuf Nurkic into the new Roy Hibbert. Um, okay, Clippers are the fifth best team in the West. You heard it from Darian here first. Uh, and the Blazers are something like the 14th best team in the West. Uh, should be a really fun, should be a really fun opening night. Uh, I'm excited you're going to be there. Uh, if you are listening to Locked On Clippers, make sure it's your first listen. If you listen to Locked On Blazers, make sure it's your first listen. Darn, this is a whole bunch of fun. Thanks for doing this, man. Oh, anytime. This is great. I can't wait.
Appreciate everybody listening. We'll talk to you soon.